Well, good morning. Well, it's morning during the time that I'm actually teaching this. I don't know what time it will be when you actually watch this, but uh, let's go ahead and pray before we go into the Word of God for today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your Word. God, we thank you again. You've not left us comfortless. You've not left us alone. You've not left us without knowledge of you. You've not left us without hope, Lord. All of this is contained in the pages of the Holy Bible. We can know you. We can learn in you. We can grow in you. We can know your perfect will for our lives, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given the Holy Spirit to the men that wrote the Bible. As we'll talk about today again, Lord. But we thank you, Lord for this time together, that we can be in Your Word. I pray that You will prepare all of our hearts, Lord. Those that are watching, watching, those that are listening to the audio that will be put out on this, Lord, whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that You'll prepare each and every one of our hearts individually to receive the truth from Your Word. We just acknowledge You. We thank You that You are in our midst and in our presence. And we pray these things in Your holy name, Jesus. Amen. So we come to part three today of this teaching on Romans chapter 12 and 13. Um, parts one and two of the teaching were spent in Romans chapter 12. And in that chapter, I laid the groundwork, if you will, for what the Lord wants us to know and to see from chapter 13 here. So again, I really encourage you to take some time uh, to listen to those past teachings. But for today, please go ahead, and if you haven't done so already, open up your Bibles or your phone apps uh, to Romans chapter 13. Now, back in part one of this teaching, I went over with you from the epistle of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, how all Scripture, okay, that is everything that we have in our Bibles today, was given to the Bible writers by inspiration of God. And what is written in the Bible is profitable to you and me today. It's profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Word of God is profitable to us. And it's important that we understand this. See, if we understood this completely, we'd be in the Word of God more often. And I really encourage you to have time in your life, to set aside time in your life daily, if you can, to reading the Scriptures. Because there's so much that will profit you in there. Who you are as an individual. Who you are as a person. And that's why we have this. And I mentioned to you in those teachings as well. How sad it is that so many people in the world are missing out on God's best for them. Because they don't know the will of God for their lives. And they don't know the will of God for their lives. Because they don't know and they have not committed their lives to follow that which is written in the Word of God. Now this is important that you keep this in mind 
as we study what we're going to study today. That we have to commit our lives to what is written in the Word of God as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You may wonder why someone like me, and there are many others that teach the Word of God, right? But, but why do we do that? What's the purpose in spending all of this time in the Word of God? And the reason that we do this is because there is a godly way of thinking and a God of this age way of thinking. You see, the Scripture tells us that Satan is the God of this age. Okay? And the world and its present day ways are under the influence of Satan. A person today has either been born again of the Holy Spirit, renewed in the spirit of their mind and they're learning and they're living the ways of God, or they are under the leading of the devil. That is what the Word of God teaches us. See, why do we have people terrorizing our streets today? Why is there evil in this world? It's because people have no hope. They are without God in their world. They are walking in darkness. The Spirit-led, born-again person knows that we are not to be anxious. That is, we're not to get all worked up and excited about anything. But rather, we're just to make our request known to God in prayer. And when we do, what happens is, is that we will be kept by the peace of God in Christ Jesus and then begin to live peaceably with all men. We become a person of peace. But this is the way of the child of God. Or it should be, if you profess to be a child of God. But it is not, of course, the way of the children of the devil. You see, back when we looked at the beginning of Romans 12, we saw where it says in verse 1 and 2 that the believer in Jesus Christ is to present their bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And that we are not to be conformed to this world, but rather we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the result of this is that we will then be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We saw that back in Romans chapter 12, didn't we? You see, when each individual person commits themselves to following the Lord Jesus Christ, a transformation takes place within that person. Their minds are renewed. They begin to see things in accordance with the will of God, the commandments of God. And as a result, like I said, they live peaceably with all men. We don't set out to go and cause trouble, to cause problems in our world, right? So you see, folks, this is why Jesus is the answer. Coming to Jesus is the answer. But we also know that Satan is hard at work in blinding the eyes of people so that they do not come to Jesus. That's what the Scripture tells us. He's blinding the eyes of people that they don't come to Jesus. So if you haven't come to Jesus, Satan is at work in your life blinding your eyes to the truth of the Word of God 
keeping you from presenting your body, presenting your life as a living sacrifice to God. Right? So again, if you haven't listened to part one and two of this teaching, I really suggest that you take some time to do so, okay? But now we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump on into verse one of Romans 13, okay? Where we are told to, it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Every soul. Every soul. You're alive, you're a living soul. Every soul subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So let's pause right there. Because right from the start here in chapter 13, it is important that we understand that what chapter 13 anyway, okay, is going to specifically speak about is a certain kind of governing authority, okay, in this chapter. And I think a lot of people miss this and they misunderstand what is being taught in this chapter. I want you to see and comprehend here the fact that the issue at hand in this chapter is civil obedience. Living peacefully in, in our society. This chapter is not talking about being obedient to any whim of the governing authorities, but rather that which pertains to civil behavior. That's the topic in this chapter. We are to live amongst each other in a civilized manner. To be civil means to be polite and well-behaved. And this is what God wants for society. That's why every soul needs to be subject to what? This type of governing authority that we're going to talk about in this chapter, right? God wants us to be courteous toward one another, treating each other as better than ourselves. That's what being civil means. Unfortunately, since we live in a world, though, where Satan is the present-day God of this age, and again, people's eyes are blind to Jesus, so we walk in darkness, right? Because Jesus said, men don't come to the light because they love the darkness, Right? So, since that's the case, guess what? We live in an evil world. There needs to be authorities in place that keep the order in society. Authorities that deal with people that under the leading of their father, the devil they kill, they steal, they destroy things, they riot, they loot, they terrorize our streets and such. And the Apostle Paul here, under the leading of God, the Holy Spirit, writes that we need to be subject to the authorities that are in place to keep the peace. That is, they keep law and order. They are put into this place where they can oversee and be sure to maintain a polite and well-mannered society. So do you get the point here? We're talking about in this chapter the authorities of law and order. And you'll see that as we go on. Right? And we are to be submissive to those authorities. Okay? Especially, all, all, every soul is. But if you claim to be a Christian, you should for sure be obedient to what the Word of God is telling us here. 
I can understand the ignorance of some whose eyes are blinded by Satan, not knowing this. Right? And we'll talk about that. What should the church be doing? The church should be teaching the Word of God, preaching the Gospel, reaching the people, influencing them with what God has for our lives. Right? You see, the reason that I'm stressing this to you is so you don't confuse what chapter 13 is talking about when it's talking about these government officials. Again, you know, there could be govern, governing officials put into place that come up with all kind of anti-word of God stuff, okay? And we've got, we, we've got to take a stance for God in that case, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit more, right? In the United States in which we live and other nations as, as well, we, we vote for elected officials. And as born-again Christians, we realize that the fact that sin rules and reigns in the world, so there are government officials that get put into their positions of authority and they have a job to do. Now, the unfortunate thing is some of them are bent for evil. And they get voted in and they're doing things that are anti-God, anti-the Word of God. And if you get enough of them in place and they start moving away more and more from godly principles, which our nation is now doing and has been doing for many, many years, and they start passing bills and passing laws that are contrary to the Word of God, and, and as believers in Jesus Christ, our foundation, our number one constitution, if you will, is the Word of God. So if too much evil gets put into place by our politicians, we need, we need to make sure that we do all that we can through prayer, through voting, to get the right people in office that are going to legislate in accordance with the Word of God, or at least as close as we can get them to, right? You see, the weapons of our warfare as Christians are mighty through pulling down strongholds and through prayer, we can change this nation. We can make it godly. What do we want? In case you're wondering, if in case you come upon this video, what does a Christian want or what should a Christian want? Law and order, peace, love, joy, the things of the Holy Spirit, things that are good for all people. That's what we want because that's what the Word of God teaches, right? So we need to put people in power that are going to legislate correctly, and we have power to do that. But we're not going to go out in the streets and riot and destroy and loot and steal because we don't like the way things are going. It's not a godly response to things. So we won't do that. And the people that we put into place may not be born-again Christians themselves, but if they stand for what is good because they have a conscience and they stand for righteousness, then we need to make sure that we're voting for them and not for the people that are doing things anti the Word of God. So we use our power here in this country. Remember, we have different weapons. Our weapons are love, peace, and joy. Our weapons are prayer. And we've been given the right to vote in this country. And to make sure that we put people in place that care about what is good and what is holy and what is written in the Word 
of God. So your vote is powerful. You see, in our day and age, we have politicians that make laws that, for example, are pro-abortion, the killing of human beings, right? We know that is anti the Word of God. We have politicians that make laws that go against God-ordained marriage. And if you are truly a born-again Christian and you know the Word of God, you're not going to cast your vote for those people. Because a Christian is obedient to the Word of God. Right? Not, not if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you won't. Now, I say truly born-again Christian because I know that there are those that profess to be Christian that do vote in favor of those type of things. But they're doing so in ignorance to the Word of God because they want to stick to their political party or what they were brought up with or the mindset that they've always had. But remember... We are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds to where our minds are lined up to what God says, okay? So again, the focus, though, of chapter 13 is the authorities that pertain to civility, law, and order, okay? Those that, that make sure that people are living politely with one another and well-mannered. Not out running amok, doing stupid things, you know, driving drunk, stealing people's property, breaking things, right? And who is it? Who is it that is the inventor of this type of civil authority? Who put this into place? Whose idea was this? That we have authorities in our society that keep law and order. It was God's. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. Wow, come on, think about this, folks. You resist a police officer. And what happens? You bring judgment upon yourself. This is the way that God designed for it to be. We want law and order in our society, don't we? We don't want to go outside and, and, and be the victim of those that under the leading of the devil are killing, stealing, destroying things. We don't want that, right? So there has to be strict measures in place that deal with those people that break the law. Verse 3 says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Hey, look at that question right there from the Word of God. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. Now, I want to stress something very important to you here. The word good there in verse 3 where it says, do what is good. That word good is the Greek word agathos. And the biblical usage of that word means this. Listen to this. The to do what's good. Here's the biblical usage of that word agathos, okay, in the Greek. It means good nature, useful, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, and honorable. That's how that word is used throughout the, the scriptures of the, the New Testament. So if you're walking around in society today, and you're good nature, and you're useful, in society, that is, you are contributing to society in a good way, 
You're going out to find work. You're going out to do good. If you don't have work, go out and pick up the trash in your neighborhood. You're doing something useful. You're doing something good. You're a pleasant person. You're a joyful person. You're happy. You strive for excellence in the way you live. Again, I'm talking about this word, doing good, agathos, the Greek word. Then according to the word of God, you are not going to have trouble with the civil authorities if you're doing those things. Now, now I know in our society today, the issue at hand today is that law enforcement officials are targeting people based on their ethnicity. Okay, that's the issue in our society today. And if that's the case, then every good person on the face of this earth knows that that's wrong. So why would you go out and destroy everybody's property, tear down people's things, steal things, and do all that, all in the name of what you think is good, when everyone knows that if that's the case, then that's evil. That if somebody's killing somebody because of their ethnicity, okay? And the law itself needs to deal with those people that, that are doing that kind of thing and get them out of their jobs. And let me tell you something. The author of racism is not God. It is the devil that leads this non-born-again society that we live in, right? It, He's the one that leads people to hate, to kill, to steal, to destroy. God, by His Holy Spirit, teaches love, joy, peace. And that's how the born-again Christian should be living. So if someone hates some, someone because of their ethnicity, this is not of God. Not in any way, shape, or form. But when people are out on the street wreaking havoc on society in the name of justice, they are just as evil as the one that hates somebody else. They're still led by the same God of this age, Satan. Remember, law enforcement, this type of government, is God-ordained. That body of government that keeps law and order is put into place by Him. So if you're trying to get rid of them, you're trying to get rid of something God ordained to help society. Just because there might be some individuals that are evil, you want to get rid of something God ordained. Right? We do have to deal with bad individuals be they in law enforcement or be wherever they be, but the law is in place to do that. But let's read verse 3 again. For rulers are not a terror of good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise of the same. Okay? Now let's get real for a minute. How many people do we see come under the judgment of authorities after they're out doing something good and pleasant, they're out just being a joyful person, they're, they're living in an upright manner, they're striving for excellence, they're being honorable, they're being useful. How many cases exist where good people that are avoiding bad circumstances are being harassed by police for no reason at all? How many cases like that exist? 
And I'm not saying that it, it doesn't ever happen, but do you really think there are a high number of incidents of people that are out doing good in society and being useful and are, are harassed? They're in the right place, right? Think about it. They're in the right place. They're, they're not hanging out with the wrong crowd. That's something to think about, right? A person, they're just not out hanging out with the wrong crowd. They're avoiding evil. They're staying away from the people that are doing bad. And then all of a sudden, they're doing good in society, and they're working, and they're making things better, and they're contributing to society. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there, there comes along a police officer and begins to execute judgment upon that person for no reason at all. Is that really the case? Is that really what, what's happening in our society? That these police officers are, are, are terrorizing people that are out there being useful and good? See, if you want to be unafraid of authorities, that's what you have to be doing. Avoiding evil, doing what is useful and good. When the police show up, it's, you, know, you know why? It's usually because someone else called them and said, hey, you need to come deal with this person that's breaking the law or they're disturbing the peace or they're on private property or whatever. That, that's what a person is, is typically doing. They're involved in something wrong when the police show up. And verse 4 tells us of this authority that He is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. There it is. If you do evil, if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, if you're in the wrong place, if you're not being useful in society, if you're not being honorable, then be afraid. For He does not bear the sword in vain. Today it's a gun. For He is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but for conscience sake. You see, we need to be sure, folks, that we teach first ourselves and then our children to go out into society and be useful, pleasant, striving for excellence, good nature, honorable. When they are, what will they do? They'll avoid the wrong crowds. They will work on ways in which they can make society better. And they will then have no need to deal with civil authorities. These, these authorities do not go about terrorizing those that do good works. Again, there are some bad people out there that do the wrong things, but the law can deal with them as well. We need to concentrate, and we need to teach our children on concentrating on being useful, being good. Agathos, the Greek word. Doing what's good. Verse 6, For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Think about that. They want to defund the police. Take away the tax money that God says we're supposed to give them for doing what they do. We want to take it away, defund the police. Think good's going to come out of that? Really? In this evil world, this dark world, do you think good's going to come out of that? 
Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, right? So keeping this plain and simple here, we need to pay taxes, federal, state, local, sales taxes, right? They all go to something good in our society, or they should be. That's why we got to vote the right people in, righteous people, not crooks, not embezzlers, not people that are out for their own good. This money is to be used, though, to fund law enforcement. That's what God's showing us here in His Word. That is to fund those whose job it is to make sure that society is peaceful, pleasant, and courteous. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we all want? And our, and our taxes help to make sure that those that kill, those that steal, those that destroy under the leading of the father, their father, the devil, that they have judgment executed upon them. And we are to give honor and respect to those that do this job. Now again, if you're not a Christian, okay, this is important here. If, if you're not a born-again Christian that has decided that the Word of God is how you govern your life and what your life is founded upon, then you will find reasons for disagreeing with what I'm saying to you, what I'm pointing out to you from the Word of God. And much of this won't make any sense to you. And you've already got some hatred in your heart. You've already got something in your heart rising up saying, ah, you know, I, I hate hearing this kind of thing. It ain't right, blah, blah, blah. You don't know this, you don't know that. I know that God is greater than anything. And I know that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. And I know that God is in control. He just wants you and me surrendered and committed to Him. And He's not left us without instructions. He's given us His Word. But the born-again, spirit-led Christian is to, as verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. That's the kind of society God wants. People going out and just loving one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does, not, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So love doesn't go out and rob a store. Love doesn't go out and steal. Love doesn't go out and kill. Love doesn't go out and, and loot, damage property, Love doesn't go out and do all this kind of stuff, right? It's pretty cut and dry here, very simple. If a person goes out in society again and they're striving, I keep repeating this, but this, that Greek word, agathos, doing good, right? If you're going out and you're striving to be useful, pleasant, upright, joyful, honorable, then you're not only right with God, but... By your behavior, you're going to be loving your neighbor, that is, those all around you. And it's going to cause for a peaceful society. And again, we need to learn this ourselves and make a decision whether we're going to submit our lives completely to God. 
and base our lives upon His Word, and then we need to teach it to our children as well. And others around us, and that's why the church should exist. That's why the church should exist, to be teaching the Word of God, to be teaching the young people, to be bringing, in, bringing them in and showing them how to be useful, how to be honorable in society. And if we would be doing our job in teaching the Gospel, bringing people to repent from their sins, place their faith in Jesus, being baptized, being filled with the Spirit, renewed in the spirit of their mind, they'll be good citizens as a result of that. And verse 11 tells us, and do this knowing the time that now is at... Hold on. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Like I said earlier, it's either one or the other. You're either walking in darkness, led by Satan, or you're walking in the light. Let us walk properly, verse 13. As in the day, not in revelry, that's riots, rioting and partying and stuff, right? Part, drunkenness, lewdness, lust, not in strife and, and envy. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to tear this down and I'm going to do this because I envy. They have this and I don't have that. So I'm going to destroy as a result. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. How much provision can we make for the flesh? None. None. To fulfill its lust. So look folks, Jesus is the answer to all the sin, all the chaos in our society. Therefore, people need to hear the gospel message because it is the power of God unto salvation. When you come to Christ, His Spirit changes you from the inside out and you begin to seek something different. You begin to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And you begin to say, God, how do you want me to live? And He tells us in His Word how He wants us to live. And then we commit to that and we live in that manner. Jesus is the answer. But since we live in a society where men love darkness rather than light, as Jesus said, then we're going to need God-ordained, God-instituted governing bodies of law enforcement to keep the peace. Because we live in an evil world. And you, Mr. and Miss Christian, make sure that when you vote, that you are voting in agreement with the Word of God. No political party, the Word of God, that you're voting in accordance to that. God is love, God is light, God is truth, God is life. And in Christ Jesus, there is life, life abundantly. We need to stand for the Word of God, folks. Otherwise, our society will be completely destroyed. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, is the world's only hope. Again, this world is full of darkness. 
And like I said, many people will even hate the things I'm talking about today and find reasons to hate what I've said today. But we need to stand in the light as Jesus is in the light, as He is the light. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to trust in God, folks. We have to trust in God. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 and 21 says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and the seasons. See, He's in control of everything, right? He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And Psalm 75, 7 says that God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. We need to trust in God. We need, but we need to be obedient to the Word of God, every aspect of it. And don't let your minds be renewed by this world. Let your minds be renewed by the Word of God. Don't let your mind be renewed by what you're watching on the news. And then you start to, to shape your mind based on what you're watching on the news every day. I don't care which station it is, what network it is. Your mind should be shaped by the Word of God. And that's what you should be standing upon as a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, we see very plainly, very clearly here, that God has ordained a government that keeps peace, that keeps law and order. And you are blessed, especially in this nation, and like I said, other nations, to have a say in it. But there's something far more powerful than just your vote. And that's your prayer. We need to be praying for this nation. Praying for our leaders. Praying for our society. That law and order will rule and reign. And that truth would prevail. Because we're living in the age of a lot of lies. Because the father of lies is the God of this age. But we need to be fixed. Our eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank You for Your Word that does not return void. I thank You, Lord, that as Your Word is going out through this video, through this audio, however many see it, I have no clue, Lord, Your will be done in that. But I pray, Lord, that Your Word will change the hearts of individuals that our society would thereby be changed. So we thank You for Your living Word. We thank You for Your love and grace and mercy in our lives, Jesus. We just acknowledge You. Ask that You'd go before us in the week to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless. Thank you for watching. See you next time.